0: being ahead, recognizing, finding your niche. Um, our niche has always been workforce housing, 100%. Um, there's tons of money that can be made in custom homes. There's tons of money that can be made in vacation rental, right? But that's not, that's not meeting a need. Hey
1: in our- there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success, Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Bethany Finch, Bethany is the remote RV investor and founder of American-Made Home Solutions. She has over 27 years founding and running four separate companies. Uh, I am very excited for this conversation. There's a ton more in this bio that, that I want to let you tell uh, to the listeners. But first, let me just say thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for taking out the time to share your story. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, thank you Jason for having me. I appreciate it. It's always a uh, tremendous opportunity for us to be able to be a blessing to your audiences. So, we're looking forward to that as well.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, let's just start with with your story, your background, uh, you know, as I mentioned for company. I mean, there's there's a lot here, so I'd love to just kind of hear in your words what's what's been going on in a very uh, exciting uh entrepreneur ride it sounds like.
0: Oh, well, uh, let's see. I was born in, uh, no, we, that's right. No, we don't need to quite go that far back. Um, we, um, I actually started, um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 10 years old. Uh, it was always a way to figure out how to pay bills. Um, I was a foster kid and in and out and had to figure out a way. I wanted to go play sports and I wanted to do things and I needed to figure out how to find money. So I was always hustling, doing something, one thing or another. Uh, after I got married and was starting to have kids, I knew I wanted to be home with them. So I started looking at, okay, I need to do some serious businesses that are going to, I still got to pay the bills, right? Um, and I wanted flexibility of time. So I uh, actually at one point I had eight different businesses and they morphed and moved and changed and figured out what I don't want. Uh, this is too much of my time and not enough passivity and, I really hate this, let's fix this. So um, now we have our, um, an executive rental business, uh, which is for corporate travelers. And then um, we've got that across the country. And then we have our single family renovation business that we do in all of the different markets we're in. We have a multifamily renovation. So we're buying value-add properties in multifamily. And then we also have our build to rent where we're actually building entire communities, but these are single family homes. So, think horizontal multifamily. Yeah. And uh, we've got over 500 of those um, in the South that we're building as well. And so uh, that's, that's just the initial stages. And we just launched our capital fund as well to um, bring the opportunity for investors. They wanted a little bit more diversity and um, flexibility. So, we just launched um, that fund. And through there, we have an energy sector. So, we have oil and gas that's available to our investors now, as well as notes and debt and whatnot. So um, yeah, just continuing to be what not only our investors need, but also is continuing to meet those needs of not just meeting the finances, but do I like this? Do I not like this? Is this taking too much time? And am I getting back what I really set out to do Um, and figuring out what I like and don't like? Because I think we're all still figuring that out, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Every day, every day. Um, I mean, it's fascinating and and it's you know, multiple different businesses you're currently running within the space of real estate. So they're kind of adjacent to each other, I guess, if you will. Um, and, and it sounds like a lot of, uh, construction related type of activities with the, the multifamily renovation and the, and the, um, single family and built to rent. I mean, kind of sounds. so we're, I know, uh, you said you're kind of all over the place and, in. In terms of location of yourself, but what uh, what markets do you are you focus on with all of this? Or maybe it's different for each strategy. I don't know.
0: It, it is actually because I've been in business over twenty seven years. Um, every market has a cycle, right? And it's ten to twelve years. Mm-hmm. So depending on which markets are in which cycle, as to which ones we're ramping up and scaling back on and so uh, for instance, in Washington state in 2020, we liquidated all of our holdings in Washington, reinvested them in our Southern states, and we only do executive rentals and flips in Washington state now. In uh, Florida, Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, Louisiana, Tennessee, those ones were doing our build to rent um, as well as our multifamily renovations, as well as our um, single family flips. We always have our single family flips going on anywhere that we have multifamily renovations because part of our why is creating opportunities for our, our tenants. And we have a first time home buyer program so that if they are 12 months and they've been a good tenant with us, then we'll actually go out. We will find a property that if they go through our financial literacy training, they will get qualified to buy a home. We'll go find one that kind of fits their budget. And then they have to do sweat equity on it with us. And then we basically help move them into their own property.
1: Oh, I love that. That's a, that's a fantastic way to sort of give back and, and, I mean, it encourages your residents to, you know, sort of not only take care of what, you know, the, the, the multifamily property that they're living in and be, be a good, uh, a good resident in the sense of being on time. And I'm sure all of this, but like, also, just giving them that you know sort of hope for the future and being able to get into something uh, that that is their own uh, over the long term, I think that's that's a phenomenal, really kind of win all around for for you as the investor and builder, and and for them as as the resident. I think that that makes a ton of sense. I've actually never heard that before, so I love it. Um, when you so. You you mentioned you know build to rent and and. Is that? Do you have a preferred strategy? I guess on the on the uh, theme of finding what you like and don't like and all of that as you work through your businesses? is, do you have a preferred strategy that that you seem to like the best, or do you like the, how they all mix together? I know some sometimes we're doing you know real estate activities like flipping is is a sort of income generation, and then that buy and hold is something to kind of keep uh, keep your passive income growing. So what is what do you? prefer I guess it what would it where are you at in that in that cycle for yourself?
0: So um, that's a great question and um, I think it can be answered two ways. so for instance, early on I figured out that a business can quickly own you instead of you owning mm-hmm. the business and too many entrepreneurs fail because they just create another job for themselves and the last thing I needed was one more job. So I had to figure out a way to keep it as a business and yet still provide what I was looking for, which was that passive income and the return of my time. So to do that, I set up our businesses. So often that um, executive rentals cover operations and then single family flips, create capital to cover payroll. And then anything extra from both of those buckets goes into multifamily long-term investments. And then obviously our multifamily is our legacy growth and our passive income. And so um, there's small things along the way, right? But that's the big gist of it. And then Mm. I just do my coaching program and things for fun, but we did that. So if our whole goal is to actually reach people in communities, we have to do it in a way that's sustainable. It's not sustainable Mm. if I just go in and I flip one apartment community and then I leave that community and never come back again. So that's never been our goal every market that we're in, we're there for the long haul. So we're looking at specific markets. Where can we um, make an impact? Where can we actually do good and do something and bring something? So we're focused on workforce housing. We don't do custom homes. We don't do you know 4,000 square foot homes. We don't do any workforce housing, not affordable housing. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. And um, we're trying to meet the needs. Our country has a huge housing crisis. So we're trying to meet those needs in a way that's real and tangible and quick. So our build-to-rent product came out of 2020. We launched in 2020. It was to meet the need, right? There, the housing crisis just got substantially X, you know, 10x because of COVID. So when the only projects that got completed in COVID were custom or like office space of all things, it really hurt that. And the government recognized, oh, whoops, we messed up we should do something. So they've actually incentivized a lot of um, new construction and things as well, specifically in the workforce housing, not necessarily custom homes and things. So there's a lot of cities and governments that have actually been coming to us and saying, hey, would you bring this to our market? Would you do this? We've had cities lift building moratoriums just so we could come in and do what we do just to meet that need because we can get, if I'm building a hundred unit multifamily building, I have to wait for that whole building to be done to get that certificate of occupancy. Yeah. So then I, it's just sitting there vacant the whole time. But if I'm doing a hundred units that are single family, the moment I get one building done, I get that CEO, boom, I can put a tenant in. So my, it's a much quicker delivery to the market, which helps, but it's also zoning wise. A lot of these, um, we're not in urban areas, right? I'm not in downtown Dallas but I'm going where all the growth is going so that we're in that path of progress. So we've been in that path of progress so that when we're finished, it's already there. Right? So again, I've been in the business long enough. I know markets, I know cycles, I know timelines, everything about real estate is historical. There's data everywhere. So we also look at the city governments and the state governments map out five, 10, even 20 year plans. If you just pay attention to that, you know exactly what's going to be happening and where it's going. So that's what we've done is we've just capitalized on all of our experience and said, okay, let's work smarter, not harder. Let's do things that matter and do it in a way that can um, not just value add to our bank accounts and our investors bank accounts, but to our communities. And even Warren Buffett got on the bandwagon as well. I don't know if you've seen that or not. He's now in Build to Rent, but he's coming on with a whole different strategy. He's coming on to, hmm, let me buy out one of the worst companies out there and let me value add that business and take them over. So that's what he's doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that, yeah, that's, that sounds like a Warren Buffett thing to do. Do do, do, right. do it one, <laughs> one step above of what, what everybody else Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um yeah, I think that's that's sort of a brilliant strategy. I want to ask you more about built to rent, but you did say something that I I, I wanna I don't want to skip over. Um you said workforce housing and affordable housing are not the same thing. Define that for us. Let let people know, you know, kind of why you because I do think that's something those are terms that get thrown around and uh maybe people don't understand, or maybe you know, people have different ideas of what that means, but but tell us kind of your take on that and expand on that comment a little bit.
0: Yeah, so many folks misunderstand that. And honestly, it comes from real estate agents. Um, they're the ones falsely promoting things. People naturally filter through what they know. So what they know, affordable housing means I can afford it. That doesn't matter what their income is. That's just what they, in their mind, automatically assume. And then realtors just run with that and just blow it out of proportion. So affordable housing is actually a government term. So okay. it's a term that is linked with Section 8, and it's linked with um, mandates of um, incomes. So, for instance, it'll determine the median income for an area, and then it'll determine, okay, so if this area's income median is um, 60000 Anybody who makes less than twenty thousand is what we're going to consider poverty level, and that poverty level, then the government says that's affordable housing. So it's based on that poverty level or fifty percent of um, median income, right along that line. So it's it's a much lower where the median income is where workforce housing is. So that's if I move to. Los Angeles and the median income in that area is $85,000. And that's my income. What can I afford to pay for my housing? Which should be 30% of your income. That's workforce housing. It's whatever that market can afford based on the wages that market is providing. So one's a government term based on poverty level, affordable housing. The other one is a market term based on what the market can support and afford.
1: Yeah, it's it's an important distinction. I think people, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, we're providing workforce housing or we're, we're like, use them interchangeably. And I think um, mm-hmm. it is important for people to understand that affordable housing is, is essentially, you don't get to define that that's defined by the government. So uh, right. sure, work, workforce housing, totally fine. Um, so let's, let's dig in on build to rent and, you know, kind of what is associated with that, you know, you, you already touched on a little bit in the sense that as you finish one, you know, you can kind of move through and, and get those, uh, certificate of op- occupancy. Yeah. Good. The, the landscapers are going to be here are here now. Hopefully that isn't too disruptive. Sorry about that. Um, no problem. so the, 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 idea is, is you've got, you know, multiple single family houses within a space T- talk to me about how you, structure those communities like just a bunch of houses are you adding amenities is there you know shopping type things associated with it how do you see that
0: great question great question so um, our very first community one of the biggest things that we learned in covid remember we we launched in covid so one of the things we learned is nobody wanted to be stuck in their apartment with their three kids and they're both stuck at home and everybody's on zoom calls it was chaos and everybody hated it right so the first thing people did was they immediately tried to find a way to get out of their apartments so you saw a massive influx of people buying houses or renting houses so the market quickly dictated we want to be in a house we don't want to be in an apartment so our very first one we um, launched we built single-family homes that uh, simple like 11 1200 square foot homes but they also have backyards so people still want their pets That's usually a big issue back and forth, right? So we put them inside of a gated community. So you still have a community feel, right? Um, But you pretty much have the exact same floor plan throughout. So it streamlines building on our end, but we did provide amenities. So we have um, dog parks. Uh, Some of our properties will have pools. Some of them will have clubhouses and big barbecue areas. Uh, Some of them, um, many of them will have uh, smart home integrations and things like that that are capable. Um, weight rooms and or fitness centers, uh, just like a multifamily would have. And you would usually see that's what you're going to typically see on these. So you get the benefits of living in your own house, but you get all the amenities that come with, you know, someone else is mowing that lawn. Someone else is, you know, taking care of when something breaks, things like that. So um, it's kind of a win-win in that area for sure. And then you just have a yard for your pets and things like that that's phenomenal. Many, many folks are just latching onto that. A lot of this younger generation has decided they would rather rent and pay a premium to rent and then own rentals that somebody else is paying the mortgage on. We're seeing a big trend in that area too.
1: Yeah. I I think that 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 specific strategy of, you know, sort of renting maybe a little bit longer in your own life before you um, decide to buy your own home and then using that essentially it's 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 smart right like set yourself up with assets ahead of time so that you can or sort of ahead of time before you take on those big life purchases now you have the ability to let your assets i mean this this is essentially kind of what the goal that we should all maybe aspire to is is have your assets pay for your uh you know I guess, personal liabilities. So that that's, that's a very smart strategy and in providing a place for people to kind of be where they have all the things they might like in a home, but not being tied into, you know, a, a 30 year mortgage. And I, I once heard, it was an interesting quote. I hadn't heard it before, but I once heard someone talk about basically, if you are renting then your rent is your maximum monthly payment but if you're if you own a home your mortgage is your minimum monthly payment so something that that people don't um maybe always consider when they're looking at whether they want to buy or or rent is, is kind of some of those some of those little surprise expenses you might run into as a homeowner um don't always get accounted for so this is this is really nice middle ground that sort of build to rent strategy
0: yeah well and i think too this um if i knew what i knew what i know now if i knew back then right life would have been completely different we're always looking at it like that but i think this younger generation they're doing some good things and what they're Mm -hmm. doing is they're really rethinking well why do i want to own a home and what's the point i don't want to do all this work i don't want to do this i don't want to do this so they're creating a better lifestyle for themselves. And in doing so, they're, they're being smart, right? They're capitalizing on their 401ks, and then they're taking out a loan on their 401k. And then they're buying a property somewhere else, you know, that they can afford, not necessarily where they want to live or anything like that, but just that they can get into a rental. They're putting a tenant in there. That tenant is paying all of the rent and covering expenses and a little buffer, but they're not touching the rest of it. That way it can cover any expenses and things that come up. But then when they do five, 10 years down the road, okay, I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to settle down. Now they're pulling home equity lines of credit or they're selling those properties to pay for the home they want to live in. And now they can afford it because now they have a down payment and somebody else has paid all that money for it. Right. I mean, it's it's very very smart, and there's a lot to be said about learning from the next generation, right? And uh, sure. I can learn from the generation ahead of me and go. I need to be in real estate, right? That's where all the the wealth is made. But I can also learn and recognize sometimes strategies change generationally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the a couple of really cool things, like to tie all this together, one is is essentially what we you know people people talk about. Investing in real estate and and you know kind of that that freedom that it gives you and I, I think you you know you alluded to it in terms of finding which which businesses fit your you know do do the things you want to do and so essentially what we're trying to create is lifestyle freedom and it's what you know that that's what we're talking about here with with people deciding to rent a little bit longer is is a, is set yourself up for lifestyle freedom now but also you know kind of in the future and not have i think so many times big decisions are made because we have to not because we want to necessarily and it's like if you have a little bit of forethought and planning and 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 put some you know time and effort into some of this stuff at an early age not even age (laughs) just earlier and start, right. you know, kind of work. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. Cause that it's not too late if you're not 20, right? Like it's just, you just need to think about these things and think about how it looks in the future. So you're looking for that lifestyle freedom. And, and that's, that's the same thing. If you decide to, whether it's, you know, work for someone or you work for, or you start a business, you're, you're looking for that. You're trying to find what fits into how you want your life to look and, and don't just look at, to numbers and that's you know that's kind of like like a lot of i mean my experience like when i moved into real estate more like more full time in the, in the sense that oh i want you know that financial freedom and the, and all that it, it it's actually so far all there is 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 more a lifestyle freedom because in, in the beginning, you're not going to make necessarily a ton of money. Like real estate is a, is a get rich, slow thing. So in the beginning, you still got to figure out a way for money to come in the door and pay bills and all of that. But mm-hmm. I don't work for anyone else. And so right. it's, it's on me. Like it, all the effort I put on, put in is for me and my family and my investors. And it's not, you know, so it's, it is definitely a, a lifestyle related scenario when you're, when you're, But that's the way you should kind of look at it, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too, always being ahead, recognizing, finding your niche. Um, Our niche has always been workforce housing, 100%. Um, There's tons of money that can be made in custom homes. There's tons of money that can be made in vacation rental, right? But that's not, that's not meeting a need in our communities. Right. It's meeting like the upper class of folks who can afford to travel. It's meeting um, folks that can afford to do all these things. But that's not where the big gap is. Right. So for me, I'm like, I don't want to work that hard to get, you know, a little bit more. It just doesn't make sense. And our goal is always to create what's sustainable. Right. If they keep creating a bigger and bigger and bigger divide, that's not going to be sustainable. The one's going to go away. Right. We're going to lose that middle class altogether. So someone's got to stop the gap. Someone's got to stop and step in and go. We have to do something different and build to rank gives many of our investors not only an opportunity to be a part of that, but to make a difference in in a real way in communities. Uh, when you've got cities who are desperate to have builders come and do something that's going to meet a need for them, you're creating real change and you're providing a quality product that is gonna last. So then it also meets the needs too because even that upper class investors, right? Those institutionals that they've been catering to us from day one, why? Because they want what we're doing. Now, we may not sell it, we may keep it. Many of ours will actually keep. Some of them we will sell just because it makes sense, right? Same thing, you gotta pay the bills, you do this, you do this. We wanna give great returns to our investors but part of those great returns is those long-term returns, right? The monthly cash flow coming in once they're stabilized, and then that long-term, all the depreciation that they're gaining on their investments early on, and then long-term wise, the longer we hold them, that's just free money to them. They've gotten mm-hmm. all their principal back, and they're just reinvesting yeah. in other projects, and it's just continuing to again sustainable growth, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Great point. It interesting. I don't know, this, this like topic has come up repeatedly for me over the last week, but uh, was on a call with Ken McElroy, and and he talked about huh? something that I had never, like we all talk about financial freedom, and, and it's generally in relation to our selves, our family, you know, the, the sort of close knit, or maybe even our investors, but he talked about financial freedom for your business, right? So, so, so many people, uh, we start businesses, and essentially just, create more jobs for ourselves, and you're kind of tied up in that. And it's, it's like, oh, how am I, you know, I got, well, I got to Now I have employees. I got to pay those employees and all that. And he was saying, when you start a business in, whether that's in real estate or anything, like you, you first need to, or maybe not first, but you, you want to look at it. Like how, as you said, how do I make, how do I create sustainability here? Like, how do I make it so that my business can continue, continue to grow because at the end of the day, like, as a business owner, your capacity only stretches so far. You, you just can't keep going. You only have so many hours
0: sleep. in the day, just like right, everybody else, right, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So it's like, I, I guess, you know, if you, if you can do away with sleep, you can, you know, do things to, to maybe make your day a little bit longer, but it's like, then you're just sacrificing the older I get, everything the less, else.
0: Yes, the less I can do away with my sleep. So no, that's not, so my goal is to get right. to where I'm um, no more than 15 hours a week in the businesses, and that's because you know we're focused on a lot of disaster recovery. We're focused on reaching our communities for Christ, and we're doing that with hands-on efforts. And I would I would rather spend my time doing that than yeah. the day-to-day operations of running the business and this and that. So as a founder, our our mindset should always be. And Ken and I have actually talked about this um, many times. Um, It should always be to get ourselves out of the business, Mm -hmm. get it handed off, get somebody else who loves operations, who loves this, who loves this, right? We start it, we get it rolling, but then they're the ones that are going to take it to the next level. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole point. Again, sustainable growth, right? Somebody who's in a different sphere and a different face and a different um, scenario for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, as you, age, I guess, <laughs> you, you know, you get some of the the physical parts of like being an entrepreneur, and I don't mean like, an entrepreneur that lifts things up all the time, like are working directly oh. and straight. it's just, you know, the, the long days, long hours, you know, sort of juggling a lot of balls in the air, trying to keep everything straight. It, it, it just gets harder to do, I think, too. And, and certainly, people run businesses well into their, you know, Warren Buffett, we were talking, he's 80 something. Right. I think, Right. Uh, I think he's like 84. So, I mean, but, but I would bet you that Warren Buffett does not work more than, you know, maybe it's the 15 hours a week. Like he's not, he's built a team and systems and all of this around him to make it uh, sustainable after he's gone. And it's just kind of one of those things that I think a lot of people don't Think about that piece. What's what's the exit strategy? And and you know that's why I mean we're hearing about it all the time now. You know, uh, baby boomers, there's they're all getting to retirement age, and those of them that have businesses, some of them are just closing the business because they don't have any real um, exit strategy or 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 plan plan of success, succession to their maybe their children don't want it, whatever it the is. Kids don't even just...
0: want it usually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. So it's just like you thought. Oh, I'm going to do this thing, work hard forever, and and I'll say like it's better probably even if you cre- I think you create yourself a job. It's not the best thing, but it's maybe better than putting all that work in for someone else uh, in 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 the long term. But still, the idea is maybe thinking one step further is, is how do I get to that point of where I'm, you know, kind of working myself out of that job and and then doing the things I want to, uh, you know, whether that's for recreation or, or impact, like trying to, trying to give back to communities, like you said.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: I, I think we'll, I think we'll probably talk a little bit more here on that because I want to, I want to switch gears so I don't keep you all day, but basically, I like to ask every guest four questions. And the, the first one is, uh, based on the name of the show being, um, know your why. And so what is your why, Bethany? And I think so we've talked a little bit about some of this here, but um, maybe want to give you the chance to expand on it and, and um, let people know sort of what, what you're trying to accomplish in the world.
0: Sure, sure. So our why is to create sustainable growth in every single market that we're in. We do this uh, with three ways, by reaching families for Christ, by financial literacy, and by financial empowerment, not just financially, but in time. Because time has a value and we forget Mm -hmm. that. So that's not just our um, residents, but it's also um, our team members. It's also um, many other businesses that we're partnering with in those communities. It's finding a way to show them how to get their time back and do it in a way that's tangible and real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I would maybe argue that time is is a far more valuable resource than, than money at this point. Just you start to, you realize um, the importance of it. Uh, it, it, Eventually, we run out of time. So there's
0: Right? Well, the government can't print more of it, right?
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah, you you roll that mortality piece in there. And it it gets very, very important. Um, Well, tell us something about yourself that uh, maybe isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, uh, anything that you're comfortable sharing to let the listeners know you a little bit better.
0: Uh so um uh, my blog uh, the uh diary of a remote RV investor is all about some folks don't know I'm 100% remote and um we did that in 2020 because the airlines and everybody was shutting down no you got to do this and no you got to do that and we did not like somebody else telling us what we could and couldn't do so um unfortunately I actually have a lung tumor and um I cannot wear a mask it actually would make it way worse for me. So, uh, the pilot, I flew all COVID, no mask, all the airports, nothing. And, um, the pilot left the seat and was going to eject me off the plane in October. So it went all, almost the whole year before someone finally, um, yeah. approached about it. And my husband just looked over at me. He said, never going to ask you this again. Would you put your mask on? And by the time we landed, he was already starting to find RVs. He was like, we're done. I'm never going to ask you to endanger your life because somebody else is afraid. So we need to find a different solution. And within a month, we had an RV and we traveled the country uh, going to not just our different markets, but other markets we're checking out or I've got a big family. So family throughout the country. And um, for us, it's also like my husband loves the fact that if it's tornado weather, we can take off, we're not stuck there.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, a big snowstorm coming through, you're like, mm, we don't, we don't wanna stick around it's in this. to go. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a... yeah, exactly. So so the blog is all about all the different, many adventures that happen when you're on the road and, and all those things and how that works.
1: And so just full-time living in an RV. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I think it would, takes some getting used to, but I also know there's some really nice RVs out there. So like from a yeah. comfort standpoint, I don't, I don't think it would be terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you've got a, I I know there's, I don't know. All it's a 42 season, foot but, diesel
0: pusher. So, you know, it's pretty yeah. comfortable as far as that right. goes. I mean, if John Madden did it for how many years, I'm pretty sure right. we'll do just fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be a great way to see the country. We we've actually, I mean, this was, we talked about it probably more during COVID, but we had uh, we'd like to do something like that with our kids, just like get an RV yeah. for a summer and just just show them the country, be around, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's from a work standpoint, you, you know, it's, it's a little bit the Wi-Fi on planes is better now, but it's somewhat unreliable. Like, but you can work with a you know mobile hotspot if you're traveling a, from an RV standpoint, you'd be able to, to work pretty comfortably to do just about everything you need to do that way. So I think, I think it's a really nice idea.
0: Yeah, things have definitely changed for as far as that goes.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, when people hear this and they wanna reach out to you, uh, what's the best way?
0: Um, well, so LinkedIn is usually the best way to reach us, but um, they can always find me on my website, which is American Made Home Solutions. And um, I do have a uh, free book I'd love to give your listeners. Um, it's all about build to rent and how, as an investor, why there's benefits there for them, how they can be a part of it, but also why build to rent and how that, as an mm-hmm. asset class, um, is beneficial. So uh, I'd be happy to share that with the, with your listeners as well. So they're welcome to download that at any time.
1: Awesome, and we'll get we'll get everything in the show notes too for people so they can find those links. Um, last question for you, Bethany, what piece of advice would you give to someone who is uh, starting out in real estate? They want to they, they hear this. They're inspired by your journey and um, they're just not sure what steps to take first.
0: Um, I would probably say um, one of the best things that I did that made a difference that um, I noticed all the others around me and what the difference between me being successful and them not. I just got out there and did something. I wasn't out to perfect everything. I wasn't out to, I learned from other people's mistakes. I was willing to spend money on education. I was willing to go to events and talk with people. And what about this and how this and, and then the best coach I ever had told me something that was literally transformative to my business. And they said, 10% of all the deals you do in a year, you're going to bring money to the table. So basically with my sports analogy brain, she literally said, look, it's not always going to be a home run. Sometimes you're going to flat out strike out. Other times mm-hmm. you're going to get base hit. And if we're always going into it with the expectation of everything's going to be a home run, we're always setting ourselves up for failure. And I stopped using the whole word failure. It's not even in 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 our business at all. People aren't allowed to say that because failure is simply an opportunity to learn. And why is why are we considering it a failure? Oh, I didn't hit that goal. So did you get further than you were yesterday or the day before? Yeah. So recognizing, don't set yourself up. For failure, by using terminology and words, just get out there and start doing. I was willing to do stuff. I've got some every every learning lesson has a price tag, and the bigger the price tag, usually those are the ones we remember the most, right? So I've got one that's an eighty-five million dollar one. I have another one that's a uh, eighty-five thousand dollar one, right? So, and each one of them, those lessons, I don't forget, right? And so it's there's value in every single one.
1: Yeah, I, I that's it's really. It is fantastic advice and I, and I actually love that like 10% you you know 10% of the deals you do you're gonna bring money to it One of my biggest fears I guess about you know kind of what has happened with the economy right now is like real estate was like a very hot topic then the interest rates went up people got free and and people have there have been some deals that have struggled. One of my biggest fears is that means like people that happen to invest in a deal that is struggling just stop investing. Because right. now you've only experienced the bad. Like, right. Some, there are going to be some bad. But, but as you said, 10% is a pretty good number, like if 90% of them are good deals. You're, you're, but if you do one, and it turns out to be the deal that doesn't go well. Now you that's all you have. And so you, you have to kind of keep going and, and, Like recognize that, you know, failure is not really a thing unless we stop.
0: Right. Well, and honestly, some of the deals that I thought for sure were going to be failures and it's 2 a.m. and I'm bawling my eyes out because I'm feeling like I'm going to lose all this money and it's going to hurt my family and hurt the business. And those ended up turning out to be some of the most profitable ones because it forced me to do something different. It forced me to dig in and go, okay, well, this strategy is not working. What can I change? What can I do? And had I not gone through that, I never would have, I would have stayed on that path. And just like you said, I would have lost money. And then I might've even thrown up my hands and said, Oh, I'm done. This is pointless. And so many times, just because I've stuck through things and I've gotten water under the bridge and that movement has kept going. It's, it's made a big difference. And I saw so many other investors starting at the same time I did, and they're nowhere to be found. And it's not because I was, you know, so much smarter than them or anything. I wasn't, I was just willing to keep going and keep trying and keep figuring it out. And, you know, you, some people learn to swim by jumping in the deep end, right? Other people learn to swim on the side and a little bit at a time. Yeah. Everybody's different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is a Michael Jordan quote. I think he said, uh he said, I, I never lost a game. I just ran out of time. And right. it's, and that's, that's, a, I feel like that's like one of the best sports quotes I've ever heard that applies to real estate right because it's like you just you just gotta hang in that's it like you're gonna have yeah. downtimes you just got to hang in and uh, it, it just you know speaks to the to the long-term success of real estate as, as a as a whole um, Bethany this was awesome thank you so much for coming on the show uh, sharing your story I think people are gonna get a ton of value out of it so thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hope there was some good value for your guests as well.
1: I'm sure. Folks listening, I know you're going to get a ton out of this episode. Um, Please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests like Bethany. Um, And thank you all for listening. Hey there. I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why?